0: This is the Rich Eisen Show. Ladies and
1: gentlemen. The Rich Eisen Show. I'll I'll shoot you straight, as I always uh, like to say before I shoot you straight.
0: Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles.
1: And the NBA, bless them. Keeps on doubling down on their all star game. You really did that. That's what you did. Hoisting up 70 footers. Is that what we're doing here?
0: Earlier on the show, ESPN (laughs) college basketball analyst Jay Billis, former New Jersey Senator, and two time NBA champion Bill Bradley. Coming up, actor (laughs) Makai Pfeiffer. And now. It's Rich Eisen.
1: Yes, it is. Hour number three, live on the Roku channel. This Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Affiliate, Sirius XM, Odyssey, and more. We've had a great first two hours of this program. Jay Billis of ESPN Hour One. Bill Bradley was on this program in hour number two. And again, you can catch his film on his life rolling along, an American story, right here on Roku through um, the Max app, and everything's available right here on uh, Roku. And we're live every day on the Roku channel. Every single Roku device known to man has us. Sirius XM, Odyssey, also our uh, terrestrial radio affiliations. We we appreciate saying hello to everybody on our podcast, which is a way to catch up on our show. All three hours are available through the Cumulus Podcast Network. Uh, Overreaction Monday and What the Football have taken a week off. We return next week. Uh, Susie and Amy have already uh, booked their guest. Louis Riddick will be on the Tuesday before the Combine. So can you believe I'm going to the Combine next week, brother? I mean, it's just, it's here. It's here. And today. today the off
2: season's going to go fast. Uh, it is. It indeed. does every year.
1: Mackay Pfeiffer's in our green room. Just had a very nice chat with him. And um, I, f- I felt like I know him already. Not just because I'm a fan of his work, but he's, I-, I lost my New York accent. And it comes out if you cut me off in traffic, he's still mm-hmm. got it, man. He he he's, he sounds just like he's Harlem World. Yeah, that's 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 where he's from. He told me he dated a girl from Staten Island back in the day. Oh, yeah. So, well, hey. then,
3: is that what Meth said? Like that was Staten Island is the number one date destination. Yeah, dates, well, I,
1: he says it's where people go to go on a date. I don't know if it's to find a date. Oh. <laughs> uh, That's my man, man. right there. There he is, Method <laughs> Man. We got to get him back here. Yeah, <laughs> you think? he was in Vegas for the Super Bowl, wasn't he? He was. Caller at your he boy. Was. Well, what? they had uh, Wu Tang residency. Though. Wu
2: was a residency, and they did two dates: uh, the Friday night, Saturday night in Vegas. But they're also back next
3: week. month. Uh, oh, oh, Listen, boy. we didn't. we, Are didn't we hit... going to that, by the way. We should. I mean, we should. Okay. I looked up uh, tickets on our. We
1: didn't hit this because I I I wasn't in last week because what's the word for it? You were uh, dying, I, I I started vomiting during <laughs> Tuesday's program. You were day to day, I caught influenza. <laughs> you were definitely influenza, which had the whooping. But cough. Las Vegas, Calera. and the Super Bowl were awesome. absolutely it was, it was made awesome. for each other. Was Las no Vegas handy. and the, let me just say it one more time: say Las Rich. Vegas and Rich, the Super Bowl chest, were absolutely made for one another because. The best Super Bowl cities are ones that have the following. Tons of hotel rooms.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. um, And they're convenient in terms of their location as well, where you can walk places, where uh, transportation is somewhat readily available to you, certainly wheels. um, And, you know, hitting that button to get a a, a ride or a hop in a cab, Mm -hmm. they were everywhere. Everywhere. Okay, and then I'd look down, and, and it wasn't,
2: you know, they weren't gouging you either, and cab lines are quick sometimes in Vegas. Cab lines are really long. Yep. Everything was moving. Was you moving. You want to get a good meal?
1: There's places all over the place for yep. a good meal. You want also if you if you want to go hang out somewhere and meet people, you can. <laughs> They're everywhere. Uh, if you want to go out and grab a drink, let me just put it this way: I didn't tell you this story. <laughs> Steve Mariucci went to his first club of his life. (laughs) He was at Shaq's party Friday night. Oh, the fun house. And I'm like, how'd you like going to a a night? I mean, I think he called it a nightclub. (laughs) Uh, How'd you like the club scene, Mooch? And all he did was (laughs) he widened his eyes. That's it. He did one of those Mooch sort of uh, eyes wide.
2: It's universal and, language. And he doesn't it's... know much,
1: God bless him, about the Vegas scene. As a matter of fact, you know, we, as you know, on NFL Game Day morning, we have these um, cartoons that we throw to break, mm. and, you know, they have us in cartoon form. I look like James Lipton from inside the actor's studio. The other guys look like themselves. <laughs>
2: James Lipton. Oh,
1: it's it's absurd. Was it as bad as your uh, big head it's running guy? It's worse. The big head, I looked like Pete Rose. It
2: was not great. Okay,
1: it was terrible. Yeah, not great. And so this is just, nobody, I'm, I'm undrawable, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But I don't look like that. But at any rate, undrawable. so, so what, we do, what we do, what, the, what they do is, it, it, you know, our producers hand us the copy, and usually it's being done at 5.55 in the morning. Five minutes, they say, come to the set a little early before we start game day morning, 9 Eastern, 6 a.m. out here. And they give you the script, and you read the script, fast because you don't want to wait till after the once the show's over games are on and it's not helpful to wait to do it afterwards people don't want to wait around in the production staff anyway so you're reading it off (laughs) and so what they did for the Vegas version was have Mariucci talk about the um celebrity element of the Super Bowl that was there and he talked about prop comics, and they did have, like, a, a, a carrot
2: top. Nice.
1: Okay, even though I think he was referring to Gallagher, there, there was a, a moment in the cartoon where he smashes a watermelon with a mallet. Okay? But he does mention, you know, Bono of U2, who was drawn in the cartoon. Because, as we know, Bono is in and U2 is in the sphere right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mooch had to redo that line a couple of times over. Oh, because he called him Bono.
2: Like Steve.
1: Or Sonny. And he didn't, so he doesn't, he, he called him <laughs> Bono. Bono. <laughs> and I had to stop. And I'm like, Steve, this, this is, this is, this is so like two play, minutes to air. Did he
2: play four Mooch, Steve Bono?
1: Uh, of course. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Sick. This and We're like two minutes to air. It's like week 17 because they write these weeks in advance. And I'm like, Steve, it's not Bono, it's Bono. <laughs> that said. I oh,
2: played for sefer y-
1: You 2 is at the Sphere. Maniscalco is at the win. Bert in Segura are at the Aria. Yep. You know, uh, Adele's doing her residency. So on and so forth. And that's the Super Bowl week. And so many others, as you mentioned, this is why we're on the subject matter. Method Man and and um, Wu-Tang did a two-day residency. So many people just came in. Mm-hmm just to be part of the Super Bowl world. Parties were everywhere. The strip traffic got a little insane Friday night, and then Saturday it was just taillights everywhere. But that's a Super Bowl city. It's the one time that Vegas was transformed by the event
2: rather than just absorbing it. I said it on our uh, post-Super Bowl overreaction Monday podcast. Vegas should be the host every year. Well, I mean, it's never going to be an every year thing
1: because the NFL spreads it around because it's it's an economic um, I guess boost to many NFL cities. And obviously, Absolutely. if you build it, they will come. If you build it, meaning the stadium. So Nashville's gonna build a new one, they will come. I know Buffalo would be like, hey, how about us in Western New York? I mean, there there were this is another reason why Vegas is so remarkable. There probably is on one intersection of of the strip, name any intersection, more hotel rooms on that intersection than there would be in some super bowl cities facts unreal so and by the way i didn't mention gambling at all because i as an nfl employee i'm swear i i just walked through casinos i didn't i didn't put a a, a coin in a in a,
2: in a machine they don't do coins anymore, but that's well, you okay. know, whatever it is. Just,
1: uh, by the way, I'm glad I'm glad I just said it that way, just in case anybody's out there like really rich. I I, I didn't do a thing because I'm not allowed to, and it's not worth it, you know, play one hand of blackjack and, and get a call from NFL Human Resources.
3: Yeah, we like our jobs, Rich. So, so. please. Also, one thing you didn't mention, the walkability, was, Rich. Oh, walk. I said when you can said walk about places. the cabs, but there was a time I took a cab from New York, New York to our set. And then realized had I just walked 10 feet and took a tram I would have been there in Quicker. half yeah. the time and it was free. Unreal. Unreal. It re- re- honestly
1: it should be in a rotation. There should be a West Coast city, it should be Vegas, it should be anybody wants to do you know a West Coast city, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, Vegas, those are two cuz obviously we're biased towards um uh Pacific time zone and and um or you know obviously Arizona would be included into into this. Then you want to include anything in the middle of the country. Obviously, we're going to New Orleans next year. You want to include anything on the eastern seaboard. Obviously, many people love South Florida as a Super Bowl yeah. site. Yep. Just And rinse and repeat. And one year, you just don't put it in some of those locations, and you just throw it in somewhere that's new. End of story. Vegas should be in a vote. And by the way, Nashville will be a great Super Bowl city as well. Nashville was dynamite for the draft could you imagine what lower Broadway's going to, would look like for Super Bowl I, I I know they'd have to probably beef up hotel rooms and things of that yeah, nature we'd probably need
2: a few more hotels but yeah.
1: hey Nash so, Vegas let's go. I mean People it's Nash Vegas right? I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> And just, if we go karaoke singing in just Del Tufo can't curse. Oh,
3: <laughs> Immediately. Unreal. There's literally a sign that says no cursing. And what's the first thing he does? Hey, oh, what's up, motherfucker? Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he dropped so, the bad, bad words, too. Today um, is kind of the first day of the NFL offseason officially. Today is the first day that you can start franchise tagging players, and that's that, that gets that gets the ball rolling in places about intentions, and it, and it starts negotiations off, usually on the wrong foot. As you know, uh, franchise tags can either be applied or slapped on a player. They're applied if the player doesn't mind it. They're slapped on the player if the player absolutely minds it. And so that starts today. It's a two-week period when franchise tags are thrown out there. You then have until the middle of the summer to negotiate a new deal, and if you don't, that player's got to play on the tag no matter what. So today is the first day, if you will, a figurative negotiation shot gets fired. And that's the reason why I'm going to choose today to give you a top five NFL spring storylines right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Hit it. High five. One, two, three, four, five.
0: Rich's top five.
1: All right, here we go. My top five NFL spring storylines before Makai Pfeiffer joins us in studio. Number five. It's very simple. How will the Chiefs handle their roster? That is going to be of note. Franchise tags being handed out today. Does Brett Veach go and sign Chris Jones to the richest contract in the history of defensive players? You make him, you pay him like a quarterback. What is Lejarius Sneed going to get? And then there's the interesting factor as well. Does do franchise tags get used in any way, shape, or form with anybody on this team? Uh, what is the future for Travis Kelsey? He says he's going to come back at any uh, possible way over the last week plus. He starts sitting there thinking, how am I going to do better than two? I know that agreed uh, is, uh, for the lack of a better word, is good. Three's, three in a row, better than back-to-back. Uh, what does happen when free agency hits? Do they somehow, some way, go and get a significant free agent wide receiver to join this team? How do they handle this roster? What do they do at the tackles position? How do you make it all work? As you know, I said, you've got to go all in, and that'll be a phrase you hear later on in this top five, to get three in a row, even if it does put the future a little bit on the credit card. You've got one of the best chances I can remember that a team has the ability to go back to back to back. So how do they handle their rosters, number five? Number four on this list, where does Derrick Henry go? Ooh. And what does it mean for the running back market? Franchise tags get applied today. Do the Giants throw it on Saquon Barkley again? What does happen with Austin Eckler as he did not have a terrific season? But does a guy who I believe is on the way to the Hall of Fame as he's hit 30, what does he command when he hits a market and man the Dallas Cowboys go and get him do the Ravens go and get him uh, are you hearing the Chiefs out there I can't imagine uh, I haven't really there, seen right?
2: that but I mean Pacheco's fine i a rookie uh, deal, clearly so, not yeah. so I mean but where does he wind up Baltimore Dallas those are kind of the winners uh, I mean
1: what how great would he be on either of those teams and and if those not those teams then where does he go this is fascinating to me, because there's tread on I me. Mean, wow. There's some tread on the tires. Number three on the list. We hit this on the Friday of our Super Bowl week with our first guest, Sean Payton of the Denver Broncos. Number three on the top five NFL spring storylines list is Denver's quarterback plans. So what are they? Because Russell Wilson was benched after Christmas Eve, and the idea was we're not going to have him play meaningless football games, have him get hurt, and then that absolutely handcuffs our plans, even though his salary cap hit might sound like they handcuffed their plans anywhere, and they're still cuffed to him regardless of any decisions that they've already thought that we think they've already made about him because he's so damn expensive. We asked Sean Payton what the quarterback plans were on the Friday of Super Bowl week, and he basically told us that any ideas that have already been ascribed to them, any any ideas that they've already made their choice to move on from Ross and they're going to move up in the draft made no sense to him because they hadn't even had their meetings with their scouts or anybody on the quarterback position or their draft board at all. He said that were going to happen the following Monday.
4: We have our musts, our needs, and our wants. Can we, can we find that in free agency? Can we find it in the draft? We picked 12th. Or is it in the building? And I I think that includes Russ. That that discussion has to include Russ. And I think there's this presumption that um, he's not going to be part of the plan. And I recognize why that exists. And yet, as we look closely, because here's the thing we got to be careful about: if you just jump on the NFL train, then you're like, well, there's six quarterbacks. Take one of them. You know, take Joey Harrington, not Julius Peppers. Mm-hmm. Right? John Fox, Ernie Acorsi. you got to take Harrington. No, you don't. And th- this idea that the NFL bus tells us, here are the guys, when you and I and all of us know there's only going to be one or two of those guys that we hit on.
1: The train's already left the station because you sat Russ, you know, to end the season. And that and that indicates where you're
4: well, going. Well, correct. But he and I have a great relationship, and I he wants to be back. Mm-hmm. And so that means something. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. A lot of folks
1: heard that and said he, he's he's just not being straight up. But the bottom line is Russ is still in the building. And if they, get, if they can't get close enough in the draft to get somebody before the draft, um, or at least after the combine, decisions have to get made about new league year and how you pay people. I don't even know if they can make it to the draft. This is a fascinating story because it does affect so many other The ripple effect affects so many other ponds. Number two on this list, what did Jerry Jones mean by all in Mm. when he was speaking at the Senior Bowl in January? Quote, unquote, when he talked about going all in, they'll be all in at the end of this year is what he meant. Meaning they're going to be all in on the playoffs, right? But then he went, well, it will be going all in on different people than you've done in the past. We will be going all in. We've seen some things out of some of the players that we want to be all in on. So I would say that you will see us this coming year, not build it for the future. It's the best way I've ever said. And that ought to answer a lot of questions. Okay. Well, the question is, what did, what did you mean by going all in? Does it mean Derrick Henry? Does it mean DeAndre Hopkins? Does it mean going and getting veterans and just saying screw it? Because you're all in on Mike McCarthy. You got one more year. You lost your defensive coordinator, but you brought in Mike Zimmer, who, by the way, Dion loves. So many former players love yep. Mike Zimmer. So mm-hmm. you know Dion
3: the, um, the back to play. Then? I,
1: I, I believe a different personality from his predecessor, but we will see. So you're going to see this defense. I think be just as good, but what is it going to mean by going all-in? New league year, what are you going to do? Because you got to extend Dak. you got to. Because mm-hmm. that opens up so many of your other moves to massage this roster. It's so what do you mean by going all-in? That's number two. And number one, the number one NFL spring storyline, as it is every year, it's the quarterback, free agent, and draft carousel. What are the Bears going to do at one? They're going to trade it? They're going to keep it. And if they, they trade it, to who? How far down do they go? Could they not like Caleb Williams? Could they actually like Justin Fields? What is going on with Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Is Kirk Cousins' Achilles going to be... I mean, he did some nice dance moves in the NFL Honors. That's one <laughs> way to basically say, I'm going to be fine enough for free agency. Right. He seemed to be moving around just fine. Okay? So maybe he speed-bridged, too. And... um and then what does happen with Russell Wilson? Is Justin Fields going to be made available? What is going on with Drake May and Jaden Daniels and, and my guy, J.J. McCarthy, and Michael Penix, and what are, do the, are the Steelers really just going to be like, all right, let's bring back Mason Rudolph and have a competition with Kenny Pickett, and we'll go. What is the deal? Is there another quarterback second, third round that can be a shocker? And be the next Russell Wilson and start and be terrific. What is going on with the quarterback, free agent, and draft carousel? That is the number one spring storyline. you think we need one more? I will give you one more. All right, we'll get one more. And it's a simple one. There hasn't, And this is not surprising that we haven't heard a boo or a peep or a word. And by the way, my ear is to the ground in this part of our business as well for Sports TV what does bill belichick do what's he gonna do 49 straight years on the sideline as an assistant or a head coach in the nfl are the niners calling him up right now and saying hey bill how about just coordinating the defense for us? you want you, you love being an x's and o's guy you know i, I i'm you know I, I i'm sure he just doesn't does, we'll find out does he want to he could be the defensive coordinator for the 49ers right now if he wants to i'd imagine I, I would imagine that's the case. Does he want to just coach and he'll go somewhere and 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 coach at a smaller level, smaller school, different stuff? Will he just be a consultant? Is he gonna show up on TV? What's he gonna do? He wants that record, Rich. Well, I mean, I know he wants that record, but he's not gonna to add to his head coaching win total this year. No. I can't imagine someone will fire a coach and he'll be in a midseason pickup for somebody.
2: He could just chill and wait for the. I know,
1: but and, and, and in terms of chilling, And what does he do in terms of chilling? Because I bet you every television network. I I, I don't want to come out and say it, but I I heard there were some television meetings involving some uh, Super Bowl players during the Super Bowl week. Hmm. I I mean, I hear so much about what TV and sports TV executives are doing. The rumor mill is everywhere. Everywhere. Haven't heard a thing about Bill. Zero. And then maybe it's because, like, Fight Club. Because if you talk about it, he ain't coming. Maybe. That's my top five NFL Spring Storylines list. Let's take a break. Mackay Pfeiffer is here in studio. We are going to talk to him about his remarkable career. And, of course, lights out his new film,
2: Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me,
1: I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. in store and now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for J.D. Power 2023 award information. Visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com Radio audience is back with our Roku channel audience. We just saw a clip of Lights Out which is again, yes. as I mentioned, available on de- on demand, on digital and right now in theaters Near you, one of the stars, Mikai Pfeiffer, is here. Great cast with uh, Frank Grillo, Jamie King, and Donald Mulrooney right here on the Rich Eisen show. Good to see you. Sir. No man, good to see you. Always. Did you jump into this fight scene to to, you
0: know, sort of investigate what you would uh, need would, to know I about be doing this character? The yeah. um, no, about well, this character. Oh no, this character. Well, you know, um, You know, I've always been a fight fan, you know, MMA, boxing, um, even when UFC was in its infancy, um, before they had even weight classes, when a 600-pound guy could fight a guy 185 pounds, you know, um, people could be in there with their shoes on, you know, it was a whole (laughs) thing. Um, The rules were were still sketchy. Yeah. but so I didn't really have to do a whole bunch of uh, research on the underground aspect of it. Yeah. I get the underground aspect. I get the betting aspect. I get how people make their money, the odds and all of that kind of stuff. It's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, but what I do with each character that I portray is I just try to um, just find what motivates them, what, what makes them interesting and what humanizes them. Um I don't play good guys or bad guys. I I, I play human beings that have made certain choices mm-hmm. and have had certain experiences that have shaped their lives. You know, so in this movie we Frank and I are not necessarily good guys, but we're kind of like anti-heroes if you will. We're we're, we're guys that um are not necessarily doing good, but we're better than the worst guys. And, and, you know, you want to uh, empathize with their journey and and, and uh, hopefully uh, see them um, have a positive outcome. Yeah. And again, like I said, Frank's been here before. And I'm thrilled that, Frank. You're, that you're here, too. Frank is my guy.
1: And um, and Lights Out is available now in theaters on digital and demand. So you're from Harlem. From Harlem. Okay. So are you Nick's... Yankees, okay. What are you like? What what's your what's your through line here? Well, for New York sports. What
0: Knicks, are you? Knicks. I had I, I, I fell off the wagon after '90s, early '2000s. It was okay. tough. That was a tough road, to, just tough torch to carry. Yep. Um, they, the Knicks are doing well now. They you are know, they're doing, doing. They're doing very well. They made playoffs last year. I'm liking their trajectory. Okay. So I'm, um, you know, um, so I like, I loved it. Now it's not that I went to somebody else. I just, it was just tough being a Knicks fan. It's not like I went to the Lakers or I went to the Clippers. It wasn't that. I just was like, come on, guys, we're in New York. It's supposed to be the greatest city in the world, yes, and sir. you know our team suck. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> um, so, um, but um, I've always been a Yankees. Um, back in the late '80s, early '90s, I was more Mets, the bad boys of, you know, baseball. Sure. Um, strawberry good strawberry Gooden. I okay. mean you couldn't beat those guys I mean those guys were tough and Keith uh, Fernandez Yeah Keith. exactly they sure. would and if one got into a fight they all came out of the dugout and it was it was mayhem and, Ga- and then Gary Carter was the Captain America of right. this whole thing <laughs> Exactly a, exactly Right um but you know I'm, I'm I'm always rooting for New York teams always Right you and, know Okay Did so you, I I root for the Giants you know I mean but Jets are tough, you know. The Giants <laughs> are tough, right? I mean, it's the just Jets just, are a bridge too far. I mean, and you know the funny thing and is tunnel when tunnel too far, <laughs> the Jets. <laughs> it's a tough one. Sure, so they, it's a, they give you a hard way to go. Um, but you know, um, I, I love watching the hard knocks. You know, uh, training camps. Sure. I love seeing the preseason and even the midseason because I really get to kind of get into who these players are, even the players that don't have the big names and, you know, the people that are trying to come up. Yeah. And and so you wind up kind of rooting for them because you feel like you get to know them. Yeah, sure. And But they can be disappointing. But, you know, hopefully we'll see, you know, a brighter day. Okay. Makai Pfeiffer here on the Rich show. That's a diehard Celtic <laughs> fan over there. Tell, tell him who you saw in the Bahamas on Friday. Tell oh, me. man, I saw Tatum. We were hanging out, man. We were hanging out we're, on in on the end Bahamas. I was there with my wife and... Nice. Uh, Bumped into him at a at a at a club in, okay. in the hotel. Okay, and um, and we chopped it up. I rooted for him. I said, "Yo, man, I'm rooting for you in the uh, in the All Star game." Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and uh, life was good. So he left his defense in the Bahamas. Are you <laughs> saying? Ha! I, think, I think everybody left their defense in the Bahamas. I think um, so, right? Um, you know, it's it's it, look. I love the the games where it's really challenging. It's, it's it's interesting because when I was growing up, the the East versus West was a real. That was a serious. Hell yeah. When when Kobe was there, even before Kobe, I mean, it was when when Jordan. Ewing and Jordan. I mean, oh. D- Dominique Wilkins. I mean, uh, Spud Webb. Whatever. Yes. Um, it was that was a real rivalry. You know, um, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, that was that was real. People wanted to win and. Well, I Everybody wanted to beat Isaiah. Oh, I know. I mean, but you know, hey, man, and and that's what I loved about it, you know. And and people, you 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 couldn't just go through the paint and score and make a layup. And now it's like a three point contest slash. Let them make a layup. Lay Nobody touches them. Um, everybody's walking. What is that? Why? Why? What's this four and five steps nonsense? Like you know, I you know, growing up. Play, I played a lot of ball okay. you know being a New Yorker so I was always at the Rucker I was a part of many teams the yes tournaments Douglas tournaments um, all of the contests in school everything and two two steps that's it. I don't, I don't get the three, four steps. Well, I, I just don't get it. The double dribbles, when you 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 come off the pivot, that's a walk. It's called a Euro mm-hmm. step. actually. I mean, <laughs> we're not in Europe.
3: <laughs> we are in the <laughs> United States of America, damn it. And I wanted to stay that
0: way. Who did you see play at Rucker? Who did you see? Oh, man, everybody. Uh, Rafer. Um, uh, you know, Skip to my Lou. Um, Escalade. I mean, all of them. Um, the Professor. All of those cats, man. Mm. I mean, um, all of the dudes that um uh that played great street ball, Rafa made it out, obviously. Um, but man, that was some of the most dynamic yeah. ball ball players. What was that like? I mean, what was it like? Man, it was awesome, man. And 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 I and I knew the guys that sort of ran the uh the the um the the, the rucker. Uh-huh. So we would come with our own little chairs, you know, that you you know that you get from a you know, uh, sporting goods store or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they would let us just sit right there on the, on the ground and, you know, with our chairs. And, and then you had my man on the mic who always gave people nicknames and the people climbing, they'd be on the fence, you know, just stuck on the fence watching the games on the roofs of the school. Um, it was, it was, there's nothing like the Rucker. There's nothing like the Rucker. I I mean, nothing like it, you know, Makai Pfeiffer here on the Rich Eisen show. It's time. you want to do some celebrity true or false? Let's do it.
1: So, let's right. do Here we go. Let's do it as again. Get. As always, uh, we're very proud <laughs> on the Rich Eisen show of our production value. Hit it.
0: Celebrity true or false?
2: True or false. You can't
1: handle the truth. <laughs> okay, that. there we go. All right, I'm a high five first. Celebrity true or false? Yes. First up, true or false? You had never taken an acting class before landing the starring role in Clockers with Spike Lee, and you went to the audition on a lark only with a small passport photo instead of a headshot
0: that is absolutely unequivocally true really absolutely true what happened um well i was going to college of electrical engineering and um i was a big math guy you know the calculus the whole thing mm-hmm. um and um because while i was in i went to manhattan center for science and mathematics in high school and while i was in high school i went to columbia university as well to take college credits mm-hmm. and um I went to an open casting call with my cousin, who I talked about with you earlier, my cousin Sly Pfeiffer. Uh-huh. And um, we, we didn't have, they said you had to bring a picture, because what happened was Spike Lee was doing this open casting call. He was looking for the new lead in his new movie, but he wanted an unknown. So he did all of these open casting calls in like Philly and L.A. and New York. It was in the paper, and on, the, on the radio. And they said you had to bring in a picture, like an 8x10, like a normal headshot. I didn't have any headshots. You know, what I know about I had uh, all I had was family photos. Uh-huh. So um, the only photo we could get and the only thing that we could afford, I think between me and Sly, we had $4 between us. So we went to Woolworth to get the passport photos and it cost $3 and you got three pictures. And uh, we put the $3 in the machine and I sat in there, took the picture and then he ran in, took the next picture and then we took the last picture together. And so it was these little photos. And um, we brought them down to the uh, where they were open, holding the open casting call. And I filled out a data sheet, and I sat there. And then um, one of the casting associates asked me to put, sign my name. Uh-huh. And then, long story short, they, they asked me to come down to the audition, which I did. They didn't call me back for four weeks. I, I went about my business. They called me back. They said, come back. And then when I came back, Spike was in the room. Oh, boy. And he said, okay. And the Spike is playing. The and Spike is cool. Right. You know, Spike is cool. So, um, but he's still Spike. He's still Spike. Right. And so and he didn't give me much. He's just like, okay, let me see you do it again. So we, I was nervous as hell. I didn't have any water or chapstick or gum. Um, you know, I was wet behind the ears, and I'd never auditioned for anything before. And um, then I did the scene. He said, okay, this is good. Come back on Monday. Okay, and then I did that. And then he said, okay, that was good. Come back on Tuesday, on Wednesday. He just kept giving me different scenes. And then all of a sudden I had to read with Isaiah Washington and uh, do improvisations. And um, then they said, okay, that's good, come back again. Then I had to read with Harvey Keitel, doing comp- improvisations. Wow. And the funny thing is, I didn't even know who the hell Harvey Keitel was. <laughs> I-, I wasn't intimidated at all. I was like, who's this old dude? You know, um, at this point, I didn't know who he was. I hadn't seen, uh, okay, you know, yeah. Mean Streets or any sure, of that yeah, stuff. Of I hadn't course. seen that. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a movie buff then, uh-huh. um, and so so I just did it. I was like, okay, you got me reading with this guy. you know. And then ultimately, I know, but it's Harvey <laughs> Cattell. I mean, he's, you know, now I see Not his body at work and it's like, what were you talking about? Sure. Um, but I wasn't in the film business. And um, and then, um, lo and behold, um, I came back the last time. This is like my eighth audition. Mm-hmm. And uh, I come to 375 Greenwich, where, you know, which is owned by, I think, Robert De Niro and Jane Rosenthal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I come up there and Spike is downstairs. He has a limo downstairs, but he's talking to Jane Rosenthal, who I didn't know either at the time. Who was Robert De Niro's producing partner. And uh, they, I think they own Tribeca together, the, the film festival. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so um, so uh, I, I'm thinking I'm going upstairs. And he's like, no, don't go upstairs. You know, wait. And he brings me in the car. And, um, and I'm like, you know, what's going on? I'm ready to audition. And uh, he's like, no, I just want to let you know you got the role. You know, and uh, he gave me. And I was like, <sighs> it was like, you know, Whoa. mind-blowing.
1: And then now you're in a movie with Keitel and Totoro and, and Turturro Spikes directing and, you. And, and, and Delroy Lindo and this and that. Oh, oh Delroy Lindo. I forgot about yes. him. Oh, yes, yes, him.
0: yes. Wow. What a
1: story. Uh, next up, Makai for true or false, you almost turned down the role of Future
0: in 8 Mile because you were just cast in <sighs> ER. I did. I did. You, That's you did story. turn it down I or you did? I, I almost, I, oh, I, listen, to my agents, I turned it down and then they were like, no, you're not turning this down because I was due to start ER. I was really looking. And er was already er at that point. Yeah, oh, in time? Er okay. was already a mega show, and and um, it, it, I was joining at the end of season eight, the last couple of episodes of season eight, and um, uh, I really wanted to play a doctor. I, and Er was had won all the Glo- Golden Globes, the it's Emmys, and ER. this and that. It was True. Er, and um, and and nine eleven had just happened, mm-hmm. so nobody, you know, people were scared to fly, as everybody was. You know, yeah. I'm a New Yorker. I saw what happened to the towers. You know, so. um... They said, look, it's Curtis Hanson, who I did know his work, L.A. Confidential, and Wonder Boys, and all of that great, great, um, great director, rest in peace. Um, They flew me out to Detroit, and uh, I met with Eminem, and um, we spent a few days together and chopped it up. What was that like? It was great, man. It was great. We hit it off, I mean, immediately, and um, I saw how serious he was. The script was, I couldn't, they didn't give me the script. I had to read the script in Curtis's office, because Mm. they were being so hush-hush about it. Huh. I loved it, and, and, and but it wasn't what you see on screen. But I I knew I could bring some a nuance to it, mm-hmm. and something you know different, a, a, a certain energy, a certain spirit. So, um, then ER John Wells, who was you know King John Wells, yes. They he said you know you know what go do the movie, and as soon as you finish the movie, you come and start. Oh, ER. Then, and then that green lights. The I whole wrapped thing. the movie, and then a week later I was on the set of ER. You went from Eight Mile to ER? to ER within a week. Within a week. It's crazy, but wow. I'm glad I did it. I mean, it was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. it, you know, Eminem threw my name in the song and won an Oscar. I mean, it was it's it, it's one of the most popular downloaded songs ever. Well, that was my next one. Is it, is is it true that
1: he completely surprised you by including your name? Absolutely.
0: That is true. How did you learn that you were in the song? We were shooting one day. Eminem had three trailers. He had his trailer for, you know, him to sleep and stuff like that. Then he had a studio trailer Uh that because he was doing his album and the soundtrack at the same time. And Uh he had a, and he had a gym trailer. So we would go in between takes and work out or whatever. And around two in the morning, we were shooting one night and, uh, he came back to the set. He said, "Yo, Makai, after this take, I want to I want to take you to the studio. I want I put your name in the song." And um, so we all, the whole crew, we all went to the um, to, to the trailer, and he played the song, and it was raw. It wasn't mastered. It wasn't mixed yet. And we got to the party. You know, there's no movie. There's no Makai Fiverr, and everybody erupted. And um, but I didn't know it was going to be. Listen, I didn't know Eight Mile was going to be Eight Mile. Sure, you know, um, you know, you never know. And I didn't know the song was going to, you know, be as impactful. Well, I mean, Brockman was with me, uh, Chris was with me uh, when I was uh, um, the
1: honorary captain of um, the Michigan Wolverines one year, 2016 uh-huh. it was, 2016, and yeah. Jim Harbaugh, the coach at the time, let us be with the team the entire right. the entire weekend, and they had a choice, I forget what the other choice of the film was, the night before the game. Uh, but that that lost immediately to Eight Mile. He showed oh, Eight yeah. Mile to the team mile. the night before <laughs> <I'm> they <laughs> destroyed Central Florida, <laughs> and the team it. was just locked in. Because <laughs> I mean, it, it is it is uh, iconic, and yeah, it, is, uh, it is you know something that will in fact live forever. Yeah. But so were you just like, wait a minute, was that my name?
0: Like when you heard? Yeah, it? I mean, it, he did preempt me. Okay. You know, So it wasn't like, hey, I just want you to hear this song oh, and, okay. and listen to this. But he did say, I put your name in the song. You know, I hope that's cool. And I was like, Hell yeah, it's cool. You know, <laughs> because back and, back then, you know, Eminem was crushing people. When, you know, he was killing people. If, you, if he put your name in a song, usually it's not good. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. he ends your career. You know, he, he, he smacks you around with his lyrics. Um, so I was very uh, 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 proud of that and uh, very appreciative of, of you know him being of him making me a part of. Of that in a, in a bigger way um, than uh, was initially you know it was going to be. So. And it is
1: true the final rap scene was totally ad libbed, right? All my the,
0: stuff was totally ad libbed. Your stuff too. My stuff on the stage, all of the all of the stuff that I said because that wasn't in the script. Okay. So all of the stuff, all of the all of the um, all of my instructions to the rappers, all of my uh, uh, audience participation stuff, all of that was all ad lib. You know, they wrote their rhymes because they they had to have the rhymes written. Um, because, you know, for continuity. so, you know, so you can sure. change the camera angles and things like that. Okay, I see. Um, but, but my stuff was, was totally ad lib. So all of that, all DJ spin that, and all of that kind of yeah. stuff. All of that was just, and the reason, and the reason I say DJ spin that mm-hmm. is because I forgot the guy's name. <laughs> so, I so, so I didn't call him by a name. That's why I say DJ yes. spin that, you spin know, that. Um, because I forgot the guy's name. Yeah. And so, yeah. so after yeah. we got one or two takes, I couldn't go. I couldn't start saying his name, you know. So it just had to be DJ, DJ spin that, you know. What, what was his name? Do you remember? I don't remember. <laughs> But he's a good DJ. Yes. He's a very good he's <laughs> DJ. <laughs> Detroit, you know, oh, um, shouts to Detroit,
3: and he, I'm, I'm sure he's a favorite oh, in Detroit. Uh, I'm pretty sure the DJ was in a movie called The Salt and Sea with Val Kilmer. It might have been. So that's just a little side right. to
1: So that. Could oh, we could Google we, him. We could okay. Google him. Let's Google him. then I'll know his name. All right, last one for you, and then I'll let you go. <laughs> Makai Pfeiffer. Is it true, fan, true or false? Fans still approach you on the street about how your ER character, Greg Pratt's death, Um, affected them, and you suggested
0: to ER producers prior to the show final season Mm -hmm. about your character. Yeah, see, um, yes, um, people still to this day, um, I was, right before the uh, strike, I was shooting a movie in Bogota, Colombia. Wow, so uh, there too. This this, this is another, it's great destination, but it it was wild. Um, But, yeah, people still talk about it. They still were affected by it. Um, My mother, you know, I was in in Los Angeles on the West Coast. My mother was in the East Coast. And when that episode aired, my mother called me because, you know, obviously she saw the show before I saw it. Yes, sir. Obviously I knew what happened. Um, And uh, she called me crying like somebody died in the family. You know, like with the <laughs> and I said, Mom, what's what's the matter? And she was she was like, Doctor Brad died. You know, and so she was very it was impactful. And um, but what I was due to do, what I was due to start, I was getting ready to start Broadway, and I knew that season fifteen was going to be the last season. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd rather go out with a bang than um, than just sort of just leave the hospital. You know, it was it was a great episode with Steve Buscemi and um, and it was it was it was impactful, you know. And um, and so people still talk about it to this day. And, and I appreciate everybody in um, their uh, viewership. So it. the way you made your mom stop crying is like, Mom, I'm going to Broadway. Mom, I'm on the phone with you. <laughs> <laughs> on your I'm one. on the phone. <laughs> you know, That's I mean, number one. I didn't. I'm here, you know. Um, but no, but she, she she was she was very proud because of course she she loved seeing me on television every Thursday. You know, mm. so she she taped every episode and she just and you couldn't talk to her while the show was on. I love, you that. know, so, you know, and that's what I love about television. It's like, you know, you can be in somebody's home every week. I know that. And you
1: can yeah. say hello to my mother right now. I think she's watching on the on <laughs> road. <room, laughs> cool. uh,
0: <laughs> Mom, Makai says hi. Uh,
1: at Makai from Harlem on Instagram, lights out available in theaters on digital and demand. Let's do yes. this on the regular. If you're yeah, if please, you're Rich.
0: you know, I got nothing but love for you, man. Thank you. Right back at you. Always in all you guys man you guys That's right. are awesome right. so That's very right. happy to be
3: here right. yeah. okay tj hit it tj spin
0: that before you go <laughs>
3: uh-huh. years ago probably like 2004 i was asked to do a usc student film by a guy named mike mallett oh Deer. actually hold it L- let's do this because we got to take hold a break, break. We'll, we'll come back okay, okay. I, this is, I, this we'll finish the show all right makai pfeiffer
1: is going to finish the show right here on the rich Show. don't go on back with more in a second nights out
2: All right, radio returns
1: in two minutes. Makai Pfeiffer still here. Still here. He and uh, TJ chopping it up figuratively
0: and literally about having the same (laughs) We have the same barber. Yeah. Benny Benny Blades. Blades. Benny Blades. There's (laughs) a a quote growing up. Yeah. My line ain't right. My mind ain't right. I got to have my line right to have my mind right. Understood. (laughs) Okay.
3: Absolutely. And he had, you know, you got to look right when you come on the Rich Eisen show. Trust
0: me, I know. Well, I wish I had a line. (laughs) We can, we can we'll get Benny in here, don't Rich. worry. You're doing just fine, though. I, I mean, appreciate it. No, I needed you, you, that. You, you, Thanks, McCartney. You,
1: you, you're doing just fine. Um, and, uh, you know, TJ used to be a producer on punk Oh, he did, and yeah. he was a producer on a particular episode. On, one of,
0: you, 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 on, on my episode,
3: I was a producer. <laughs> on the- <laughs> <laughs> That was yeah. fun. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't was thought funny. about it in a while till yesterday. That was fun. We did. So we got you coming out the gym, right? That was- no, actually, I was at paintball. Paintball. Okay, I was, at, I was
0: with the, um, the, the 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 crew and cast of VR. Okay. We used to go We used to go as a, as a unit in paintball, mm-hmm. and they called me um with the punk um like they pretend somebody broke my window yeah. in my truck and I, and I really love this truck because I did all kind of modifications to it uh-huh. and the, and the guy it, they made it seem like my they, he broke into my truck and then um then they tried to then the cops came and then they tried to make it seem like I hadn't paid this ticket this $1,000 <laughs> ticket. And uh, I was like, what are you talking about? I paid that ticket because what it was, I, I got caught speeding coming from Vegas. Wow. Um, so they really went deep. I was, going, I was deep. going over 100 miles an hour. You went <laughs> uh, So I got a $1,000 ticket. <laughs> wow. So I had to go back to Barstow to pay the ticket, which I did. I went back to Barstow, paid the ticket, Everything was love. And so I had cleared that up. So they brought it back up and oh made it gosh. seem like I didn't pay the ticket. Damn. And they were being extremely wow. disrespectful. <laughs> uh,
4: it's cold in, in their verbiage. It's called verbiage, they, won, right? they, wow. <laughs> they were, right? They
0: were being disrespectful. Wow. And they were naming movies yeah. that I had been in, but I didn't catch it because I was getting pissed off. you on yeah. punk. They was like, yeah, well, you, you went about eight miles ago, and um, Yo, your ticket's not paid in full. Yeah. Um, nice. You know, that was the whole thing. No, you know. I <laughs> Do you know
3: who the guy was who the, the robber was? was? No, he a, was just, who was that? It was Daniel Tosh. Really? The, the the now comedian. Yeah. I believe com- yeah, that was, oh, believe right. that was he's, his he's first. Funny. I think that was his first time <laughs> on is. camera, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. He's funny. Yeah, so he. Tosh.0. Tosh.0. And It right. also had Whitney Cummings in it, if you, if Look you know at Whitney. That, some oh, that's a very funny oh, comedian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whitney, yeah. Whitney was really good at getting us, getting a line that MTV wanted for the promo. So right. she came up to you at one point and said, because he stole your wallet, and she's like, do you need to borrow money? And right. you just looked at her was like, I'm rich, baby. Look, I'm, I'm to making me. a lot of money on this <laughs> show. I'm, what's the hell is wrong with
0: you? I'm, I'm on rich, the, um, baby. Wow. Leave me, these te- checks are coming in steady. I'm, I'm okay. The whole, just I leave me alone. I on YouTube. <laughs> I'm going to post it. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad I'm a
4: stuck around. I'm at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by
1: Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. I'm just thrilled that... Uh, you Came by. Oh I mean, man, we could, listen, we could fill a whole hour talking listen, about this. We can we go on did. and
0: on, but I'll be back. This is this movie is just one of four that I have coming out this year. Ooh, so you, I'll be man. back. Damn, including the one that you shot in Bogota. That one, including that you, the one I shot in now, Bogota. Did somebody come up to you and talk ER with you in Colombia? Is that what you said? Absolutely, saying? people talk about it, and and people, people have come up to me from, from Argentina, um, all over. And it, when I was in London, uh, when I was in Cape Town, Africa. They talk to me about ER, paid in full, Eight Mile, uh, Soul Food, This Christmas. It goes on and on. Um, mm-hmm. since you know how it is. I mean, when you when you create a body of work. Um, you know, um, it, it's, it's a blessing. I've been doing this for three decades now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a blessing to, to be able to have the body of work and, and to be recognized well, for thank it. So I, I'm very humbled and, and I feel blessed. Thank about
1: goodness that. Woolworth had the passport photo. I love that story. <laughs> up, I love that story that uh, you probably might not have performed as well as you did to get that role. If you knew who Harvey Keitel was. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's, if if it was Robert
0: De Niro instead of which Robert De Niro was actually supposed to play that role, but, and that's why Martin Scorsese, he was supposed to direct clockers, but he opted to direct casino. So while we were shooting clockers, they were shooting casino and Robert De Niro was supposed to play Harvey's role. And Martin was supposed to direct the movie. And now, so Martin wound up executive producing the movie and Spike Lee directed it.
1: And that's how that happened. And then, and then, Again, it's just like that sports. Sometimes a, a team doesn't know what it should know, and they right. wind up winning the championship. Absolutely. It's kind of like... It's kismet. That's <laughs> amazing. Everybody check out Lights Out, available now in theaters on check digital and on demand. We're back to finish up this show on the Roku channel in just a moment. I want to thank Bill Bradley and also Jay Billis for appearing on this show and for hey. you, Makai Pfeiffer, for coming out. Thank you, on. brother. We'll Appreciate see everybody else on Wednesday in a sec.